This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Talking tonight about how you can know God's will for your life, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Hebrews 13, verse 8. And uh, I'll give you a chance to turn there. I think it's always so good to be able to see things in your own Bible with your own eyes. And, and I know when I was coming to church tonight, I was thinking about, you know, all the different things going on right now with this uh, COVID stuff. And I was thinking about my life and my family. I was thinking, man, this stuff doesn't bother me. The reason it doesn't bother me is because I'm the same place I've been for 41 years. I keep my eyes on Jesus and keep my eyes on the Word of God. And, and, and I, I think about how my life is. The only thing that's changed is all the inconvenience around me everywhere else. But as far as any fear goes, I don't know what that is. Amen. There's, there's a lot of strange things going on in the world. But uh, two years ago when I went through uh, stage four blood cancer, the heart attack and all that stuff, I never thought about it. My name's written in heaven. Whenever I take my last breath, I'll go to heaven. And he promised me long life if I'll follow him and do the things he wants me to do. And so I wasn't concerned when I was going through cancer treatment. Wasn't concerned when I had heart surgery and COVID. It doesn't concern me because I know I'm going to stay following Jesus. And that's not to say that I don't know it's real because I knew cancer was real. And when I had a heart attack, believe me, I knew it was real. But I knew that Jesus was greater. And I knew that my job was to follow Jesus. And any adjustments in my life here wants me to make, I want to make adjustments. As I think about this COVID thing, I think, man, I'll be glad when this is over with. I'm tired of all the people that have been affected by it. I think it's terrible all the people who died from it that shouldn't have had to die. And I think all the stuff that goes with it is just really horrible, horrible stuff. But the thing is, when you follow Jesus, Jesus said, when you live in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and of course you obey His commandments, you do the things you're supposed to do, the Word of God teaches you, He said that no plague will come nigh your dwelling. Amen. And if it does, He told us the answer. He said, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. He said, call for the elders of the church, and don't you fall in the name of the Lord. In prayer of faith, they heal the sick. And so, we just go about our life, do what Jesus tells us to do, and of course, I want to say it again, we do everything we can to not violate our conscience. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it's sin. And so sin's a blessing, blessing blocker. And so when you violate what you know to be right, then you're getting into sin. And when you do, you can block the blessings. And so we as Christians need to keep on living for Jesus. And this here, no, this is a plan, what I'm saying is just coming out. But I was just thinking about that. I was driving to church tonight, that all the things we see about this COVID, I was thinking, how's it affected me? Thinking, well, it hadn't, except we have to buy toilet paper when we see it now. (laughs) And other things. But anyway, I just want to tell you, be a follower of Jesus. Don't violate your conscience. When God speaks to your heart from the Word of God, or other times he speaks to you about things in life. Just be like with that, 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 uh, marriage feast at Cana. Mary, Mary told the disciples, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. 
And so Jesus told them to go get the water, and he got the water. They got the water for Jesus, and Jesus did the miracle, he turned it into wine. And so in our lives, when Jesus tells us to do something, we do it, we'll do what we know to do, and Jesus will do the miracles we can't do. That's good preaching, isn't it, if I don't say so myself. Amen. Hebrews 13, 8. When I was praying about what to teach tonight, I, I thought about this verse, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And you know, if, if, if you're a born-again Christian, have been born again very long at all, then you know this verse. You've heard this verse preached. You've talked about it yourself. You've quoted it. You know it's there. And, you know, I know there's always so many things that we can we can say because we heard, heard other people say it. But, you know, lots of to me, that kind of gets religious when you just say things because it's the right answer because people said this is what we say. And so a lot of times when the Lord talks to me about preaching and teaching, he'll give me a familiar passage like that. And then he'll have me say from the Bible things that he shows me about it. And so what I was thinking about tonight about preaching, I thought about that verse, thought, Lord, what do you want to say? And he just spoke to my heart and said, what does it really mean? And so I thought, wow, when God starts talking to me like that, I don't want to tell him what I think it really means. I want him to show me what it means for the people I'm talking to at the time. You know, the Bible is always true, but it's multifaceted. And so out of the same passage, you can get a whole lot of different things. They're all in line with God's Word. But for tonight, for the ones we're talking to here, for the ones watching on the Internet, here's what God wants you to see in this. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what does this mean to us that live today in 2020? To find this answer, we need to read and study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday... The only place I really know that tells a whole lot about Jesus Christ yesterday is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so when you read the four Gospels, you've got to find out exactly what Jesus would do if he lived with us today. You're going to find exactly what Jesus would say if he were to appear to us today and talk to us, because he's the same. He doesn't change. You're going to find exactly what Jesus would expect out of 21st century believers. Amen. And you know, I'm just thinking about this verse again. We've got to think about this. Because we hear this verse so many times, and I don't think we really think about what, he, what he's really saying. It says, Jesus Christ is saved yesterday, today, and forever. And that's why I have no fear about COVID. I do not deny that COVID's real. I don't deny the things that it does to people's lives. But from the things that Jesus told me in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I can deny COVID the right to attach itself to me or to my family. Hey, man, see, faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And so Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. And so what Jesus said... And what he did in the Gospels is exactly what he'll say and do in your life if you'll believe for him to. Amen. And I'm not, I'm not going to look at Mark 11:23 right now, but how many are familiar with Mark 11:23? He spoke to the fig tree. He said, "He said, you speak to the mountain, and if you believe and doubt not, 
Whatsoever you saith will come to pass. Well, somebody said, well, that's never worked for me. You just proved it did. Somebody said, well, I never get healed. You just proved it works. Somebody said, well, I never get the promotions. You prove it how it works. Jesus Christ said, what you believe and doubt not in your heart and say out of your mouth, you have what you say. Amen. And so if Jesus, this, this is not my notes, it's just coming out again. So if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he would tell you, for the most part, to zip the lip. He would tell you that if you want to know what your biggest problem is, look in the mirror right under your nose. If he's the same yesterday and forever, amen? And so, anyway, uh, how he told the people to live in the Gospels will still be how he tells us to live today. And so I want to look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 7 to 9. Verse 7, 8, and 9. And we're looking at these because if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we want to know what that means for us today, so we can walk as close to Jesus as we can, and get as much as the blessing from Jesus as we can get, then we need to see what Jesus said back then. So John chapter 14 Verse 7 through 9, Jesus said, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it will satisfy us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father. And so Jesus was God temporarily living in an earth suit. And I say that because a lot of times people say, well, I know what Jesus said, but if I just knew the will of God. But Jesus said, duh. He said, I'm God right here. If you want to know what God looks like, he said, look at me. He said, if you want to know what God would say, look at me. That's what Jesus said. And so if you want to know the will of God for any area of your life, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what you saw Jesus do is exactly what God would do. What Jesus says about your health, about healing, is what God says. Because that's the will of God, because Jesus said I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, when you see me, you're seeing God. You know, I've known people over the years of my Christian life and ministry that have said things like, oh, if I could only know the will of God about this situation. And I think, well, you got a Bible, don't you? You know, there's some things you don't even have to pray about, about the will of God or not. Uh, you know, I just think about so many different things that, that concern Christians' money. You do not have to pray if it's the will of God for you to give God 10%. 
said the Bible. You don't have to pray if it's okay to have sex with somebody you're not married to. It said the Bible. You don't have to pray if you should forgive somebody because they didn't vote for the same person you voted for. You should not have to pray if it's the will of God for you to tell somebody about Jesus. I mean, all these different things are just really plain right in the Bible. You don't have to pray if it's the will of God for you to be healed or not. It's all Bible things. He's the same yesterday today, and forever. And so, you know, somebody might think, well, yeah, I know that that's how Jesus was. What about God? He said, hey, you've seen me. You've seen the Father. He said, I do what I see the Father do. He said, I say what I hear the Father say. And so I think about Jesus Christ as a yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus' words, his instructions for money have not changed. He said, give it, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run it over. Jesus said that. Jesus' will about sex has not changed since Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus' will about how you treat other people hasn't changed. These are all in the Bible. And so that's what we're talking about tonight, how you can know the will of God. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I want to live long, and I want to live strong. And up to my last breath at a ripe old age, I want to have a sound mind. Amen. I want to have a great relationship with my family. I want to be able to do what God called me to do, to be able to preach the gospel up to a ripe old age. And so I know to do that, I want to walk as close to Jesus as I can. And so walking close to Jesus is looking at the Bible and always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if something's not going right in my life and my relationship with Jesus, and since he's not going to change because he's the same, that means I got to. Amen. Amen. And so you see here that Jesus was God in an earth suit. And so if we want to know what God thinks about your life, let's see what Jesus says about your life. And so look at John chapter 10, verse 10. And this is a very pleasant message. It's not a condemning message. You know, the Bible, Jesus called the Bible, is light. And when light shines on darkness... It shows you what's ahead of you. And, you know, I know where I live, out of my, out of my uh, farm I got, when the moon's not shining out there where I am, there's no street lights. Now, if I go walk in the dark, I want to have a flashlight so I know what's in front of me because there can be things out there I don't like to see. And so I want light to show me that what can be trouble ahead. And that's what the Bible is, is light. And so when Jesus talks to us from the Bible, that's shining light on us. And when he shines light on us, that's not to make us feel bad. It's to show us how to walk right. Amen. And so John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And John chapter 10, verse 10 is one of the... Uh, Really, it's, it's one of the major keys to the whole Bible. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, The thief cometh not 
before to steal and to kill and to destroy. And, you know, that first part of this verse right here, I call, I call that uh, the law of progression. You ever heard the expression, you give the devil an inch, you take a mile? Well, you begin to open the door to the devil, says the first thing he's going to do is steal from you. And you keep the door open, then killing will begin to take place in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your family, and then destruction comes. It's a progression. And so you want to start, you want to stop the thief in your life when something bad first starts to happen, because the first part, not that bad, he steals a little bit from you, but you keep the door open, then killing will start coming. Amen. And by killing, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about your physical life, although it can be, but it can kill your marriage. It can kill relationships. It can kill a job. It can kill good things going on in your life. And then after that, what's left is total destruction where you've lost it all. It's gone. And so he said, that's what the thief does. But then the good news is, he says, uh, but I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And I really love the Amplified version of this. The Amplified Bible says this, and this is the will of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Here's Jesus. This is God's absolute, total, perfect will for every human being on earth. He says, I'm come in the Amplified Bible that they might have and enjoy life, having an abundance to the fold till it overflows. Have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so I'm thinking about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that Mrs. Pastor and I, over the years, we've been married. Matter of fact, in two days, it's our anniversary. 38 years in two days. And so that's how the whole thing started off. But I think about our years have not all been in the natural good years. We've had some poor years. We've had some years of persecution. We've had some years where everything didn't go perfect. It has seasons where things weren't right. But the main thing is, Jesus told us in Galatians 6, 9, that in due season we reap if we faint not. And I was talking to Mrs. Pastor yesterday. I was just thinking about a conversation we was having. I said, let's stop thinking about our life. We just like to have, you know, we're just no kids around stuff. No, we just sometimes stop and chill. Just they will just relax and think. I said, what was the favorite period of our life, do you think? And we've been through so many phases of life at this point in time. We got to think about an 80-acre farm we lived on up in Noblesville, Indiana, when uh, Josh and David were little and the little kids, they were born up there. thought, man, that was really fun up there. We still had our first batch of kids with us. And we thought about the cows. We thought about the fields. thought about the horses. That was really fun up there in Noblesville. And then we thought about the next phase when some of the older kids grew up and we moved to southern Indiana, pioneered a church, had a little place down there, had an orchard uh uh, force that hooked up with our property and things like that. And how much we enjoyed that. Well, that, that was really nice down there. That was really just have it and enjoy life. And then we got to think about California. Said, so, wow, God moves us 2,000 miles away. We're out here. Got a new church family. We love them. They love us. We got our own place out here. Now we're doing, we are having and enjoying life in abundance to the full, to overflows. But it wasn't always easy street. We tithed, and that's all we had to come in that time, was to pay the tithe, and nothing left. But we paid the tithe. And we gave, 
when we didn't have anything to give. We did the things Jesus wanted us to do. We forgave people when they treated us dirty. We walked in love. We walked in faith. And now, the perfect will of God is working in our lives. We're having to enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So why am I saying that? I'm saying that to say this. Wherever you are in life right now, if you aren't having and enjoying life in abundance to the full till it overflows, that's the target. That's the will of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you've got to set your sights on the goals he puts out there. And he told you the thief's the one that's tried to steal, kill, destroy your life. And, of course, the Bible teaches a lot of stuff about the thief, how to resist the devil he flees. Don't give place to the devil. Satan walks around like a roaring lion seeking to may devour. You resist steadfast in the faith. But you've got to keep this in front of you. You don't have to pray about does God what you blessed. Jesus already said, you've seen me. You've seen the Father. He said, I came for you to have an enjoy life. And so if, you, if you're not enjoying life right now, keep on praising by faith. You know, the Bible talks about Sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of thanksgiving. It talks about joy unspeakable, the joy of the Lord's your strength. Sometimes you have just got to start laughing at circumstances. You got to laugh at the devil. You know, I know in our lives there's been times when we saw a real bad things came our direction, financially or otherwise. I thought, oh, glory to God, man, we'll be glad this is over. Thank you, Jesus, we got the victory. And then within a short time, here comes another attack worse than the last one. And so we stand on the Word of God, oh, glory to God, thank you, Jesus, this is coming to pass. And oh, thank you, Lord, this is over. And then another attack comes worse than the other two. And we've been through times when attack after attack after attack after attack, but we do. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, we know this is the thief that's coming to steal, kill, destroy. We know that Jesus Christ wants us to enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so this is not abundant life overflowing, making, making everything how Jesus wants it. So we say, nope, this is not the will of God. Satan, in the name of Jesus, we bind you, we rebuke you. Look up to heaven and say, Father, is there anything in our life we've done to open the door? Anything we got to do, Lord, to get more position? And if God doesn't show us anything, we don't go digging up stuff. But at the same time, if He shows us something, we don't bury stuff. I like something I heard Brother Copeland say years and years ago when I was first saved. He talked about Christians that try to hide their sin. He said one time he was doing, Brother Copeland said he was doing something, I can't remember what it was. And finally, he got some convicted of, man, I have to deal with this. And so he came to the Father, and he said, Lord, I'm confessing this sin. I ask for forgiveness. He said, thank you, Kenneth. I've been waiting on that. He said, I didn't find out about your sin. You confessed it. I knew about it all along, but I couldn't help you till you confessed it. And so I learned off of that a long time ago. I learned that sin is a blessing blocker. And so I know the quicker I deal with things, the quicker the blessing comes. Amen? Amen. And so anyway, he said he came for us to have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So that's always my goal, to have God's best. And for one thing, 
I want to be blessed, but I can't be a blessing unless I am blessed. Amen. I can't be a giver unless I prosper. I can't be somebody that visits the sick unless I'm healed so I can visit the sick. I can't be somebody that helps restore marriages unless mine is. And so I want God's blessing in every area of my life to the maximum because I want to be a blesser. Amen? And so we got, we got to have right motives about things. But anyway, Jesus also gave us instructions to help us be in position to enjoy his best. How many know that? They're saying he didn't, he told us what he wants us to have, that abundant life, but he tells us how to be in position for that. And so I want you to look at John chapter 14, verse 6. Stand in John. And you know, I know that we're tonight preaching in the church here. Everybody here is born again Christians that loves Jesus. But there might be people watching this now. Or I know this will be out there for a long time on the internet. They'll look at this sometime in the future. And they may need to hear what I'm getting ready to say right now. And so to be in position for the blessings of God, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me or through me. Jesus said, I am the doorway. He said, I'm the connection. I'm the one that gets you hooked up with God the Father. He said, nobody can get there but through me. Amen. And so the number one thing to be in position for that abundant life is to recognize that Jesus is the only way to get to the Father. Now look at John chapter 3. And I want to say this again. You know, for those of you sitting in here tonight, I know that you're all saved, born-again Christians, but there's people out here watching that aren't. And they need to know this part so they get to the second part. And then for you, when you're dealing with people, everybody sitting here tonight has friends or family that are in a mess right now trying to figure out what to do. And so the things I'm telling you right now for this little part right now, John 14, 6, and John chapter 3, is things you've got to be bold enough to show them. Amen. You know, God just cannot bless people like He wants to bless people till they get in position for the blessing. <clears throat> so John chapter 3, Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And so, what that means is this. It means he can't understand how things work in the kingdom of God. Of course, it means you're never going to see heaven unless you're born again. It definitely means that. But while you're living here on earth, how many know on earth yet to have understanding in your spirit of spiritual things? How could you ever, ever, ever pay a tithe to God if you didn't have that in your heart knowing God wants you to? Well, see, he said, a man cannot understand spiritual things until he's born again. When you become born again and your spirit receives the Holy Spirit, your spirit receives the life and nature of God, then the one that wrote the Bible moves from the outside to the inside. And so because the Holy Spirit's the one that inspired these words to be written in the Bible, 
He's the one when he lives in you from the new birth to help you get a hold of it. Oh, I see that now. There's no way. There's no way. It would never make sense to a person that wasn't a born-again Christian why you should give God 10% off the top of your income and bring it to a church and say, this is my tithe, I'm presenting this to the Lord. Well, somebody that's not born again looks at you, and Jesus said, you can't understand this unless you're born again. They look at you and say, well, don't you know it's coming up on Christmas time and you got kids? Don't you know charity begins at home? That's the kind of things people that are not born again look at things in the Christian faith. Well, yeah, sure, I, 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 I know, I know that, uh, that that you could say you forgave people, but how can you forgive them for what they did to you? How could you ever let loose of that? Don't you know that they'll do it again? But what did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And if we're followers of Christ, and He's in our heart, then we pick up the same attitude that He had. But Jesus said, the number one thing, He says, you'll never understand this until you're born again. And so the born again is the number one, it's the number one step for any human being to begin walking in the perfect will of God. You'll never walk in the will of God to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this as I was coming up here. I'd look at it if we had time. But Jesus told, 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 told a rich man that was accumulating goods and the guy said, I've got so much goods, I'm going to build more barns, more buildings to put all my harvest in. I've got so much. And Jesus said, you fool. Don't you know tonight your soul's going to be required of you? He said, what does it profit a man if he gains all the wealth in the world yet loses his own soul? And so what I've said is this, by Jesus Christ being the same yesterday, today, and forever, you cannot measure enjoying life by how much stuff you got. Amen. You can't measure life by how new your car is or how many cars you've got. Or how big your house is. Or where your house is located at. Or how much it are, or how much your salary is on your job. If you're not born again, all those things are worth nothing. And we're talking about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus said... He's the way, the only way. He said, you must be born again to understand these things. And so if Jesus today were talking to a human being today, and he does every day through the word of God, through Christian's witness and through preaching, and sometimes he just flat out appears to people, speaks to them. But if Jesus today were to answer a prayer of a goofed up person's life, the first thing he'd say is you must be born again. You've got to receive eternal life in your spirit. That's the first thing he would say. Amen? And so that's what we're talking about today, of the will of God. And so for us, in helping our loved ones, the first thing we need to do is be able to pray for their eyes to be open, their hearts to be open. And if we're not the ones they can receive off of, then we need to be praying for somebody to come to them and talk to them. Amen? And so that's that's, that's the number one thing. And then... In thinking about this, I thought, I thought about Mark, uh, let's see, John. 
Well, John, John 14, we'll stay in John. John 14, about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, and been in position, been in position to have and enjoy life in abundance. John 14, verse 34 and 35. If you find it, let me know, because I don't see it there. Make it John 13. Okay, now that, that, this is just a test for the next 60 seconds. We'll have an emergency system going off. I sure am glad to find that everybody was paying attention. And the ones that didn't say anything, I guess that means you didn't have a Bible with you, because you said, amen, that's good, Pastor. <laughs> Okay, Jesus, the same yesterday and forever, said this in verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. How many here have been loved by Jesus? And know that Jesus is loving you now. It says, that you love one another as I have, and that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, because you hate them. Because they did not vote like you wanted them to vote. You hate them because they don't believe like you believe. He says, by this shall man know your disciples. You have love one to another. If you have love one to another. And as I said, when I was praying today about how he wanted to teach this lesson about he's the same yesterday and forever, this is the direction he led me. And so you can't be mean, unforgiving, and hate fellow human beings, and live in the blessings of God. I'll tell you right now, uh, I don't watch news anymore. I can't. It stills my faith. About politics, about cities, about people that report news that I know are absolutely lying. And so therefore... Protect my heart and my love for my fellow human beings. I just don't watch the garbage anymore. I can't do it. I can see enough headlines come across things that I want to know about. I can see headlines without reading stories. And so Jesus said, if he were here today, looking at America, looking at Christians in America, the world does not have the love of God in their hearts, so they can't love. Christians, born-again Christians, have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all the good fruit of the Spirit, which is the character of God, we have that. And so, I've said this again, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, my will is for you to have and enjoy life in abundance, to the full, till it overflows. And if you are mean and hateful and unforgiving to a fellow Christian or a fellow human being because they didn't vote how you voted, you're not going to have the blessing of God. If you hate people because of the way they report the news, you're not going to have the blessing of God. Jesus said, love one another. As I have loved you, I will guarantee you, Jesus hates a lot of things going on 
but he doesn't hate the doers of it. I want to say that again. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, did you ever see the story in the Gospel of John? They brought a woman to him called in adultery. Jesus still hates adultery. He loves the adulteress. Brought that woman to Jesus, and they said, let's stone her to death. What do you say, Jesus? He just began to write in the dirt. And then finally, he looked up and says those people were convicted by their own consciences. And then Jesus said, he that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And so I found out in my life, as much as I hate the evil deeds I see going on in my nation right now, I have a love of God in my heart for sinners. I have a love of God in my heart for deceived Christians. I have a love of God in my heart for people. Why is that? Because Jesus is the same yesterday and forever. He said, I'm giving you a commandment. You love like I've loved. Amen. And I want to look at one, one, one more thing really quickly. Mark 11, verse 17. Mark 11, verse 17. And I think this here, there's lots of other verses I could have, could have used to get this point across. But I, I want you to see this. And, of course, you guys don't need to really see this like other people need to see it. But Christians need to understand this. And he taught, saying unto them, is it not written, my house, my house. How do you know God has a house? Church building, temple, tabernacle, whatever you want to call it. The place where God's people come together. The Old Testament, they had temples, tabernacles, etc. New Testament, we got buildings and <clears throat> different places around the world. they got different structures they meet in. But there's a place for God's people to be. My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. But you made the den of thieves. And so I think about what Jesus said there. If Jesus were talking to us today, he would say, make sure you have a house of worship you can go to where you can pray and hear the word of God taught and fellowship with other Christians. And so when all this COVID stuff is over with, The body of Christ has got to remember God has a place they can call their church home. God has a place where the church family can come to. God has a place where they bring all their tithes into the storehouse. God has a place for them with the church altar where they can come and kneel and consecrate to God. Where they can come be anointed for all the name of the Lord. And so we're looking at things that if Jesus were here today, since he's the same as he always has been, he said... My Father has a house for you. My Father has a place for you to come to, to be a part of the family of God. Amen? And so anyway, that's just some thoughts about Jesus. If you say yesterday and forever, we need to read the Gospels in and just find out a whole lot of things that Jesus said that he still said today. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 